You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St. John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister, Kirk McKenzie. Welcome, guys. So we have here Lockie. Lockie has been at St. John's for how long? Uh, gone on seven years, roughly. Yeah, me and you approximately the same amount of time. Yep. And Lockie's currently one of our youth leaders, as well as a member of our leadership training program. Uh, and then we have Anna. How many years have you been involved in this church, Anna? Uh, I reckon it's about 25. Yeah, so you win uh, this first round. Yeah. Tonight's interviews are a competition, and the loser will be eliminated at the end of the night. Uh, that's a joke. I think like some of the laughs are like, oh, really? That's wrong. Like, uh, <laughs> we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, and uh, Anna's one of our church wardens. Uh, so she volunteers in a really important governance role, keeping the lights on, uh, keeping the whole place running. Uh, and so um, she's been doing that, well, that role specifically this year and similar roles the last few years. Um, so what we're going to do is we've we've talked, right? So this is not like... I just grabbed them as they walked in and said, hey, can you come and do an interview? We've chatted for a few hours beforehand. And what we're going to do is try and give you a bit of a focused highlights reel of the stuff we've discussed. Um, And so we're going to bounce around, you know, um, take it in turns. I'm just going to ask these guys questions. All three of us are Christians. We love Jesus. We consider ourselves followers of Jesus. And I'm just going to ask these guys how they became followers of Jesus and what that's like. So, Anna, starting with you. What did the word Christian mean in your house growing up? Sure. So we were um, pretty typical Christians in that we just came at Christmas and Easter and that was kind of it. So um, we were good people and we had good morals and good ethics and um, came to church a couple of times during the year, not just Christmas and Easter, but a couple of times extra, but that was basically it. Uh, I'm pretty sure my parents would have ticked that box on the census that said Christian Anglican, and that was about it. Uh, We sat here and we read the words up on the screen and we said those prayers, and then we went home and that was it. There was no further God talk at home, and I don't think I ever prayed outside of church. So, I mean, we've already... (coughs) We've already mentioned the relationship with God a couple of times tonight. It's something we talk about a lot. Did you have any concept that being a Christian might involve an actual relationship with God? No, no. Um, not really. I, like I said, I just I sat here and I, I said those words and that was it. I'd go home and I'd go back to my day-to-day life and that, that was really it. Mm. Now, Lockie, as you were finishing primary school, you started to get interested, at least in church. Maybe Christianity came a little bit later, but church initially. Can you tell us uh, how that happened? Yeah, so as I was going through primary school, I had my two older brothers going to the youth group here. Um, you know, and they'd always come home and they'd rave about how good it was and how much fun they were having. Um, and I, I sort of went, what's this thing? Um, you know, I can't wait till I'm old enough to start going. Um, yeah, and it was towards the end of grade six, high school um, age that, yeah, I was then old enough to start going, and, and, and so I did. Um, Classic younger brother, sort of just following the older siblings around. Sure. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's You'll what have I was to happening. ask them about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah, and as I started going, I could really see this um, sense of uh, joy that these people had um, about their life. Um, yeah, something that 
was different about them um, that made me sort of go, man, I, I, di I didn't really know what it was at the start, um, but it was enough to sort of make me go, whatever it is, I, I want that. Um, and yeah, it kept me um, coming back. Um, and then that's what, um, yeah, initially sparked my interest to come to church as well and not just youth group. Now, some people can sort of mark the, the day, even the time of day that they became a Christian. You know, it was on a certain date, certain location, this sort of thing. Yeah. For you, that's not the case. Um, you've described it to me as much more of a process mm -hmm. and happening over time. Can you share with us an illustration that helps us understand what that process was like, what was happening for you? Yeah, so it wasn't a specific moment. Um, but, yeah, for a long time, I, I found myself... I guess sitting on this fence and uh, on one side of the fence was um, giving my life to God completely and then on the other side of the fence was doing the opposite and, and walking away and you know that's not for me um, and, and for years on end it, w it wasn't just you know I had a bad week but this went on for years I was somewhere in the middle um, yeah and you know the the fence is often you know sitting on the fence is often perceived as the safe option or you know, the easy way out, but that so was not the case. Um, I was actually really, yeah, frustrated that I was somewhere in the middle and that I couldn't choose a side. I so desperately wanted to be on this side of, you know, giving my life to God, but there was always that something holding me back. Um, and I think that was, yeah, because I didn't want to be someone that just accepted things just because. Um, and I always needed a bit more proof than that. Um, yeah, and so, and so I tried this, um, the other option of turning away. Um, yeah, but that didn't work for me either because I, I felt this sense of missing out on something that I was so close to getting. Um, and so there I was in the middle and, and it was very frustrating. Yeah, but it went on for a long time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that pursuit of truth and working out if this is true. And then eventually you just sort of found yourself on the side of being in a relationship with God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, can, I, I can sort of see the, you know, moments that I, I'd start doing things for God, you know, like giving up lying or, or, or things like examples like that, um, treating people better. Um, but I can't tell you when that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Anna, if this was a competition, then, and, yeah, we were measuring, like, a church attendance during high school, then Lockie would win that round, right? <laughs> so, because uh, you were just going Christmas and Easter, and then... Um, similar during your university degree, can you now tell us what was life like for you after you finished study and you're in your early 20s? Sure. So in my early 20s, I had uh, what seemed to be a pretty awesome life. I had just gotten my first full-time job and I was enjoying having the money that came along with that and I could go out and buy clothes when I wanted to and shoes and had no one there saying, what are you spending money on that for? Um, I went overseas a couple of times, I moved out with my boyfriend, I was living in Richmond and I was just loving it. I had this great job and I met some new friends, we'd go out after work and it all seemed um, pretty perfect on paper but just something wasn't, something wasn't right. There was something missing and there was something that was kind of gnawing away at me and I didn't quite know what that was but I just, I sort of dawned on me that here I was in my early 20s, full-time job, is this it? Is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Is this what I'm all about? Is this why I'm here? Why, why am I here? Well, what are we doing? You know, do I just get up and go to work every day and come home and save up and go overseas and repeat? Is that really all it is? And I'm, am I doing this for the next 
30, 40, 50 years? Is that really all it is? And looking back on it now, I can see that it was a pretty uh, pivotal point in my life. But at the time, I didn't quite realise that I was just chugging along. And, and then I started talking to some people. And, um, you know, I had this one friend in particular who I knew was a Christian. I'd known her for years and years. And I said to her, I just don't get it. Why am I here? What's this all about? You know, you've got it all together. What's the answer? And after she stopped laughing at me and said, no one's got it all together, don't be ridiculous, she said, I've got this great book that I think you should read. And here's one Kirk prepared earlier. Um, it's called The, the Purpose Driven Life. Some of you might have read it. And it's, it really tries to nut out over the course of a period of time uh, why we're here and what's it all about. And so I started reading and the first thing that it says on day one is it's not about you. And as a 20-something-year-old who was, you know, quite selfish, I guess, loving life, that was a bit of a shock to hear. What do you mean it's not about me? What do you mean? Like, isn't that, um, aren't, I, aren't I searching for the purpose and the meaning of my life? No, it's not about me at all. Yeah, so, okay, you've been living basically the young adult Aussie dream, found it shallow, somewhat lacking. You've gone to this book. Now, there's been a verse that's been important too, which is also on day one, quoted in here. Mm. Uh, we've got it available on the screen, I believe. Um, there's, a, there's a come and see little thing. You'll probably be able to bring it up pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so this is a, a verse that pops up um, in your book here, but it's been yeah. important to you and sort of resonates with what you've been talking about. Yeah. Um, we'll see if we... We can get it up. Here we go. So go to the Colossians one if we can, please, Andy. That's not it. Uh, there we go. Okay, so can you read this for us and then tell us why it's been important? Sure. So this is from Colossians. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. So that was on day one and that kind of blew my mind a little bit because I started to realise that Nothing I do is for me or because of me. It's all because of Jesus. And this verse is actually about Jesus, not about God. And that was also a bit of a mind-blowing thing for me. What do you mean I have to have a relationship with Jesus and God? What? What? Um, we still grapple with that, I think, a little bit, don't we? So that was a real shift for me. And that's when I started to realise that there is so much more to life than just me and it's nothing, nothing that I do is because of me, it's all because of God. Everything I have is because of him and everything I do is for him. Yeah, and interesting when you talk about relationship with Jesus as opposed to God, although they're not opposed to each other, but the, the idea, it's not just having a relationship with some vague idea of God that sort of any religion could sort of latch on to. It's particularly this idea of being in relationship with Jesus the Son of God, who actually came and lived. So that's quite a significant, sort of very specific thing, um, I guess, to being a Christian as opposed to just being a believer in God generally. Um, cool. So, um, and would it be fair to say that that changed your understanding of Christianity from that idea of just tick the box on the census into this sort of everyday relationship? That was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Reading that verse, getting this book, having that conversation started to change the way you thought about things. Definitely, yeah. So I, I read more and more of the book and realised that it's not enough just to come to church at Christmas and Easter. You need to come to church 
regularly and you need to surround yourself with other Christians, with strong Christians that you can learn from and grow with and you need to pray and you don't just need to read the words on screen, although that's really important too, obviously, but you need to go home and have a private, personal relationship with God, with Jesus and the way to do that is through prayer and that was a huge thing for me. Yeah, I might ask you about that in a bit more detail in a moment. Um, but Lockie, as, as you were seeking to work out this relationship with God thing and come to a conclusion similar to what Anna's come to, um, at one point you entertained the idea that Christianity might be like an, an, an absolute hoax, as in deliberate deception on behalf of Jesus and his followers yeah. to, roll the, you know, to trick the world into um, believing something that was yeah. just false. Tell us a little bit about that sort of conspiracy theory stuff you went through. Yeah, um, yeah. so at a time, I didn't just think that, you know, Christianity was not only, you know, pe- these people had it wrong, but that actually, you know, Jesus and, and you know, right from the start, um, it, it was set out as a, as a trap to get people. And the more people that they fooled and the, the more people that called themselves Christians would, you know, it's like, oh, it, on the score sheet, you know, here's another one that's fallen into the trap. Um, yeah, and I mean, you might you might think it's you know pretty extreme, but um, yeah, and, and you might say, oh, what are the chances that this whole thing's made up and and, and everyone else has just fallen for this thing? But I was convinced by it. I genuinely thought, um, yeah, that if Jesus was the magician, that um, his disciples were the assistants, and you know, in the Bible it says that um, he turned water into wine. And, you know, I'd read that and I'd instantly think, all right, so where was the red food dye and how did he pull off that magic act and things like that? Um, Yeah, because, of course, it couldn't be true. It had to be false, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so you try and sort of work out, and people sometimes do this, uh, which is like try and work out sort of real conspiracy ways on how something might not be what it seems to be. Yeah. Um, Was that helpful to go down those paths? Yeah, no, yeah, it was. Um, and I find even now, um, I, I know, just for clarification, I no longer believe Christianity is a hoax and, and deliberate deception. Um, but I did find that even now I'm more likely to challenge things that I hear than, than to just accept them, which I think is healthy. And, I'm, yeah, I'm happy that I, I, I do that. So is it that value in just in really asking a lot of questions and, and again, sort of investigating all the different possibilities yep. helps you work out the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anna? You've talked about the importance of a daily relationship with God and just working on that day by day being really important to enjoying being a Christian for the long term. And particularly you mentioned church community and also prayer outside of like an event like we're at right now. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that, your prayer life and how that changed as you started to get to know Jesus better? Sure. So it was a difficult journey, I think, and um, it's a bit uncomfortable when you start praying on your own because you kind of don't know what you're doing, but it's about making it part of every day and everything that I do. So understanding that everything I have is because of God and I should thank him for everything I have every day. Whenever I'm anxious or stressed, um, I will pray. And, you know, this morning before the morning service, my lovely family prayed for me. Um, and my daughter prayed in the kitchen for me, you know, tonight before I came in. So it's about making 
everyday events have a prayerful focus. You know, you're out for a walk and you go, nice tree, God, thumbs up. It doesn't have to be an in-depth, I am praying now. It can just be just those little prayers that you just shoot up to heaven whenever you think of it. Now, Lockie, um, you have developed a reputation around our church as a, a big question asker. Uh, you and I have sat around after services many times, sort of throwing around different questions. And your, your life group was really important for that. It's just a small group of people getting together. Um, they read the Bible together and discuss the questions. Um, so I thought it might be helpful for people tonight just for us to workshop one of the big questions that you asked and for you to sort of tell us a little bit about how you worked through it. So first of all, tell us the question that we're going to workshop. Uh, yeah, so one of the questions was that um, if Jesus forgives our sins, so the wrong things that we do, um, you know, the bad habits and the things against God. Um, so if we've already been forgiven for that by Jesus, then what's the point in, yeah, stopping those behaviours and, and changing? You know, what's the point? So this is a key teaching of Christianity that um, we've all done the wrong thing uh, in one way or another and that we need Jesus to forgive us in order to be in good relationship with God. So this is a big part of Christianity, right? You're, attacking, you're, you know, you're asking questions about one of the key things that we believe. Yeah. Um, and then you're going, well, if we are forgiven, why would we try and change our bad habits? Like, why would we try and stop sinning? Why wouldn't maybe even just increase sinning? Like, okay, fair question. Yeah. Let's work through it. How did you start thinking about this? Yeah, so it was a massive challenge for me, um, especially because, you know, I felt this sense of missing out on fun, you know, or, um, yeah, I, I'll give you an example. Um, so, like, with gossip in high school, um, oh, oh, man, I used to, it would fill me up inside to gossip about, you know, teachers or the students or other classmates or whatever it was. And if you could bring something new to the table in terms of gossip, man, you were the person to be around because everyone wanted to hear what you had to say. Um, yeah, and I, as I said, yeah, it filled me up and I felt energised by that. Uh, and, so, and so I started thinking, why on earth would I stop this if we've already been forgiven for the wrong things that we do? Um, yeah, and so as I went about this, this challenge and trying to find a, a solution to this problem, um, yeah, I started thinking, okay, so, so God's been the source of, of so many good things in my life, you know. Um, I started, you know, coming to the youth group and then, and then later um, church, you know, because of him and because, um, uh, yeah, of the works that he was doing in others that I could see that I was attracted to, um, you know, and, and he was the source of good. And, and then, so my response to that is to then say, you know what, stuff you, you've already forgiven me, so I'm not even going to try. Like, how selfish is that? It cheapens it, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, a verse that's a very famous verse from Jesus, uh, which has been important for you, is particularly thinking around this issue. Mm. Uh, we should have that one on the screen. Do you want to give it a yeah, read a, and tell us why it's It's a pretty important? famous one. Um, yeah, so it says, uh, so Jesus is summing up the two greatest commandments. Um, so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and so that second part is what really stuck out to me. I feel as though this is the first Bible verse that really resonated with me. Um, and the reason for that was because I thought, man, imagine a world where people just did that, where they loved their neighbours themselves. Like, how awesome would that be? Like, how awesome would that be, you know? Um, and, and, yeah, that, that provided a reason for me to then 
yeah, well, another reason for me to then go, you know what, I'm going to put an end to these things. Um, you know, where, you know, even though we've already been forgiven and technically, yes, I could continue that. Um, it was, a bit, yeah, because of that verse I found. And also the first part of it, you know, loving God as well. It says in the Bible that um, if we obey his commands, that we're, we're loving him in doing so. And so, yeah, both parts for that. Now, we don't want to pretend that you've suddenly stopped sinning and you've never sinned again in your oh, life. Oh, yeah, no, then. totally not. No. Um, but yeah. that uh, you're trying to and you're yes. seeking to, to grow in that part of your life. Hmm. Um, so, or shrink in that part of your life, depending on how you think about it. Shrink in sin, grow in not sinning. Anyway. Sure. So, uh, has that... Has there been benefit to that? Like giving up gossip, did you see see good benefit from it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I did. Um, I found that, you know, walking away saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. You know, I, if, I, if I really wanted to love my neighbour, then it's not going to mean talking smack about them behind their back, you know? And so um, there was benefit to that in that I felt better about myself on the inside and I felt I had more integrity um, and also, yeah, with my relationships as well. I then, yeah, I had, I had a schoolmate come up to me and say, um, oh, you, I, I heard you say you didn't want to, you know, talk about this person behind their back or whatever. Um, why? Like, I, I, I want to be like that as well, you know? And, and so, I, yeah, it was obviously having um, impacts on my relationships as well. Yeah, so other people saw it and it was yeah. positive for those relationships. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah. And I love what you've been saying about um, the day-by-day relationship and the value of that. Um, there might be someone here who is right at the beginning of this relationship with Jesus. You know, they're just starting out. Maybe they're, they're not quite there yet, but they're investigating. They're keen to know more. When it comes to this daily looking after your relationship so it's good for the long term, what would you recommend? Give, give us a tip or two on what people could implement in their own lives. Okay. So I think um, obviously the important one is prayer. As I've said, you can't have a relationship with someone, with anyone, without communication. And like I said, the way we communicate is prayer. You can't just say that you're a wife without communicating with your husband. Um, You need to spend time with them and invest in that relationship. And the way we do that with God and with Jesus is through prayer. But also to come to church and surround yourself with Christians if you need to learn how to pray like I did. Um, I had some stronger, um, mature Christians who taught me how to pray and um, I'm so thankful for that. So definitely coming to church and connecting with other Christians. And Lockie, uh, if someone has heaps of questions about Christianity but they don't really know where to start as far as getting answers for them, what would you recommend? Oh, well, first of all, if they're in the audience, come and talk to me afterwards because, yeah, as someone that... Um, as we've dis- discovered in this interview, that grappled with so many questions. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy seeing, you know, other people grappling with what they are. Um, yeah, and, and I really enjoy talking about it. Um, yeah, so feel free to come and hammer me with your questions. So find a friendly Christian, folks, who's up for some questions and talk to them about it. Yeah. That brings us to the end of our interview, guys. Really appreciate your sharing, your honesty and your openness with us tonight. We do hope it's been helpful for you as you've listened. Why don't we thank these guys with a big round of applause. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.